You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Today's message is really kind of special for me. We're doing a Bible study right now. And in the Bible study, we're studying the book of Revelation. And we've got, all the further we've gotten is to, to, we're in chapter 2, and this is where the, he's giving the letters to the churches. And there's seven churches there. So chapter 2 and chapter 3, he gives letters to the seven churches. And these letters are really for, they're for the individual churches, but he says, you know, all who have ears, let them hear. So that makes this timeless. This makes these letters to this church also, every one of those letters. And so we're hearing them in the present. Near the end of each letter is a special message. And it says, to the overcomer at each church. And so he says, he who overcomes. And then there's a specific gift given at each church for the overcomer. I think it's interesting because two of the churches, he has no fault with them. That's the Church of Smyrna and the Church of Philadelphia. Yet he still seeks overcomers in those churches. He's looking for overcomers. So I look at this and I go, so we've got seven churches, each filled with believers in Christ the Lord, and each of them with their own battles and, and their own challenges, each pursuing God, but Jesus is calling out for overcomers. So today that's what we're going to talk about, how we're going to pursue ourselves as being overcomers. So let's just pray real for a moment. Lord, we just, we give you thanks, Jesus. This is a message that's all about you. The Jesus that when there was, you were. Then you came into the earth and you took on humanity and you saved humanity and you gathered us up to, unto yourself and now you are the mediator of the great and eternal new covenant. And we are saved through you. We thank you, Jesus. We ask, Lord, that we hear your word and we hear this message for the, where the heart you have for us, that we hear that heart, we feel that heart, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, first of all, the word to overcome, that means to prevail. It means to win one's cause. It means to be victorious. And, and, and in this specific I mean, it means to be victorious in very different and trying times. And so it's to be victorious over our circumstances, through our circumstances, and in our circumstances. And those circumstances that are holding you hostage, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and we got to understand something. That's an illegitimate grip. He has no right to grip us. And we have, they have no right to make us hostages. And so if we have these circumstances that have a will over our life, we need to be an overcomer. And this is for both sin and circumstance. You know, but, the, but then you look at me and you go, well, the Apostle John already told me that I'm already an overcomer in Christ. And if you look at it, he, he does. In 1 John chapter 5, it starts off and says, Everybody who believes that Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his Son as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. 
by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the, the love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not bur burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. But here's the thing. We've taken the position of victor. But have we accept, we've accepted the title of victor, but we're not walking in victory. That we, uh, do we really genuinely feel like we're victors? Do we, is victory the way we describe our walk in Christ on a consistent basis? God wants us to overrule the sin and circumstances that rules our lives. He does not want us to take a legal position of overcomer. He wants us to have an experience of overcoming. I'm convinced that the reason God allows some things that he actually finds offensive is so that we will join him in the victory and experience it. God urges us to link, uh, to get a link between our position in Christ and our experience in Christ. The link between who we are legally and who, who the actual life in Christ. And I see that transition often tied to how we see Jesus. That is, you know what? We might just have to look at Jesus a little differently. Be, be, before Jesus starts talking about the overcomer, he gives us chapter 1 in the book of Revelation. It starts right out in the very first verse and said, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's saying, I want you to really see me. I want you to know me really well. Then he goes on to verse 4 and he says, John, write this down. So John's taking dictation from Jesus to send to the churches. Then he starts describing himself. I'm just going to pick up a couple here. Verse 7 and 8. Look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples on the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Verse 11, he tells him, write this book, John. And then John, in verse 12, he turns to see who's talking to him. So pick up, we'll pick up at verse 12. This is so powerful. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash across around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held the seven stars. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the, sunning, the sun shining in all his brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his, hand, his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and Hades. For us to be overcomers, 
in our reality, in our very walk of our heart, we need to see that Jesus. Not the meek and the mild Jesus. Not the soft-spoken Jesus like he is in the movies. This is Jesus on fire. This is Jesus burning like a furnace. His voice of rushing waters that equates to an army's battle cry shouting into the sky. John says that when he saw Jesus, it was like directly looking into the sun and he dropped like a dead man. Jesus, yeah, this is the same Jesus who John used to rest his chest on, now overwhelms him to the point of death. We've gotten used to the nice guy Jesus, the calm, gentle, smiling Jesus. This is not the Jesus that comes to our mind. This is the overcomer Jesus. This is the Jesus that has risen and ascended to rule. And this is the Jesus that does the same thing to Satan by putting the fear of death in him just by looking at him. Colossians 2.15 says that he disarmed the rulers and authorities of this world. And then it goes on and says he made a mockery of them. He jested and laughed at them. The only way the devil can defeat us is if you believe that that finger in his coat is actually a gun. Because Jesus disarmed him at Calvary. He has no weapon. And it's true. Satan is an expert in deception. It feels like reality. It sounds like reality. And it looks like reality. But that's why in Romans 8.37 it says, You are more than conquerors. John 16.33 says, so that in me you may have peace. I have overcome the world. He speaks this way so that we can connect to the risen, yes, the risen victorious Jesus. Romans 5, 8, it says that he demonstrates his love for us in his death. But verse 10 says he's, he saved us by his life. The risen Christ is the one that saves us. So we're told to relate to him as the risen Christ and the ascended Christ. And the one with fire in his eyes and a voice like thunder. Before you can say, I've sat, you know, before you say it, I've sat in your chair. And I've been there and go, all right, pastor, nice, good job, all right. You come down here and deal with my stuff and then we'll talk. I got to tell you. I've never had anyone take a whip to me and rip the flesh off my back. I've never had anyone pound nails into my hands and feet. And I've never been nailed to a cross and left to die. But I know the one that did. And I know the one that rose and now rules the earth. How big is your stuff? I have a question. Just how big is your stuff? Because now it's time to connect to the right Jesus. It's time to connect to the biblical risen Jesus. So our view of Jesus need to be exalted to the, or need to be adjusted to the exalted Jesus. It, in Revelation 12:11, it says, "They triumphed over him, talking about the evil one, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death." Uh, I'm going to read the passion version of it also, because it's a slightly different. It, get, it says, "They conquered him completely." through the blood of the Lamb, through the powerful testimony, and they triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even when faced with death. 
They overcame him, Satan. They gained victory when three things were in place, and they're all about the identity with Christ. It begins with the blood of the Lamb. The cross of 2,000 years ago is relevant right now. It's not just an historic event that has something to do with our eternal life later. You know, Matthew uh, 28, 19, Jesus tells us, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Now, in the Chuck translation, that says, the kingdom of God reigns and I'm king. Step aside. The reason we overcome is that the living king, with all authority and power, administers the new covenant. Secondly, they overcame him by the word of their testimony. We will never overcome, we'll never wrestle and battle our way to victory as a secret Christian. We can't be Christian on Sunday and not live it the rest of the week and keep it hidden. We must declare with our mouth who we are in Christ. And I'm going to say something. Don't go around telling people you're spiritual. That doesn't mean anything. Even if you say you believe in God. In the modern culture, that may not mean anything. The Father placed everything where? In the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. Philippians 2. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That is the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the Father is glorified when we glorify the Son. And the Son has a name. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he's my Lord. When you say, who do you believe? You say, Jesus Christ. We don't get vague. We know his name. Thirdly, they did not love, they did not even love their life when faced with death. Now, there's two ways to look at this. There are times where we think we're about to die and we become cowards, and there are times where we really, really are dying and we become cowards. Either one is, is we, we have not, we cannot value our life more than Christ. You know, this is a love relationship that really transcends death. It transcends our way of life. But it becomes a two-way street. Jesus' love for us transcended his own life on earth. And now our love for him will transcend our own life. Now, if I had to guess, that's really not that terribly rare. You've already done that, probably. I'm going to guess that you love your children that way. There's probably not a mother in here that wouldn't give up her life for one of her kids. Premeditated. Not just an instant where a car's coming. I'm talking about, if you said, one of you has to live, one of you has to die, I know how it would be. I know husbands in this room that would die for their wives in the exact same fashion. We already know how to do this. Because, you see, this is a love relationship that has to be developed. You've got to make investment into it. And it's got to really be enjoyed. You know, if you don't spend time with, you don't spend time with Jesus out of duty. Because some pastor up here says, you've got to pray, you've got to spend time with Jesus. We spend time with Jesus because we love him. We enjoy our time with him. Time just slips by when you're with him. And as you develop the relationship, that develops more and more. Jesus is not your mother-in-law that you've got to call once in a while. 
Some of you have difficult relationships with different family members. Oh, I haven't called him in a long time. He'll start complaining. Chuck never calls him, so you pick up the phone. No, this is not our relationship with Jesus. It's not like that at all. Our relationship is, oh my goodness, I've gone hours, and I haven't even said hello to Jesus. That's a different kind of relationship. God's my life. And I'll deny, I'll deny myself, and I'll pick up my cross. Because it's a serious commitment. You know why? That's some serious stuff that needs to overcome. You know, Paul says, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul looked at that and he said, by living, I'm appointed to serve God. And by dying, I'll be with him. He looks at that as either way. It's perfect. He says, and if I suffer, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. He's saying, don't sweat it. Jesus is with us. Now or later, it's all Christ. Then that's just the way it is. You know, now, now that we've identified with Christ, we can position ourselves to be overcomers. There now must be a new perspective of the on-fire God, who is Jesus. So when we face giants, our challenges and our sin, we have a new view of the world. There's a wider entirety to our world. We see this because Jesus has widened the vision of the total work of Christ as a reality within our sight. Seeing the victories played out in the spiritual realm, that, that bringing victory to our everyday life, put all of our problems and all of our circumstances into a new dimension. The big thing we see is the person of Jesus. And we proclaim his name. And we share his love. You know, I got, I, you know, we, we are more than conquerors. Because our victories affect the victories of those around us. And our victories reveal the risen Christ. When Jesus was healing people, they saw something in Jesus that was really, really new. When we heal people through Christ, through prayer through Christ, they see a, a mighty Christ. You know, when you see the picture of Jesus and you say, that's the guy that I'm bringing down on you, when you speak to the evil around you, when you speak to the circumstances around you, and you say, I've got a, a God that's got eyes of fire, his feet are on fire, and he's going to just shout his name, and then it'll, it'll shake a building. And you say, that's who's coming. I, I, I look at that, and I, I remember when he's making the, the, his covenant, and he tells him, I'm, I'm going to get up and come. I'm coming soon. And it gives a fair warning. You know, we've we got to look at a couple more verses before I... I'm, I'm really getting close to wrapping up. I think that was pretty intense, though. So. Uh, 1 John 4, 4. I want us to look at that. It says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is greater than... Because the one in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one that's in you is greater than the one in the world. Don't miss this. 
That was the picture of the one that's greater in you. Don't slip into a habit that I always did. And I look at the victim, Jesus, as the one coming to me when I'm feeling like a victim. And then I think, I just got to take it because Jesus took it. Jesus said, my kids don't take it anymore because I already did it for them. And I won. And I get all the toys. So, yeah, I, I, I find that happening. It happened to me a lot, especially in the past. Corinthians 15, it's 54 verses 57. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm leaving a little extra time for prayer today. Because I've got a feeling there's a few people in here that, that are in some battles. And we'd love to pray for you. And we want to pray for you like family. You do not necessarily have to divulge something. It's really personal. You don't really want to let loose. That's okay. Just say, I'm really fighting something. And we'll, we'll, we'll wait on the Lord and we'll pray for you. Yeah. We have a testimony. Come on down. Grab a microphone. But this is going on TV. I've never truly felt forgiven, but I was going through some glasses for my daughter, some sunglasses that I had put back in case I wore my contacts again. Well, I found this ring, and I don't know, have no clue where this ring came from, but it says forgiven. I'm forgiven. Amen. I don't know where this came from. I have no clue, but I've worn it ever since I found it. Thank you. Amen. That's a victory. There's a lie that was told to her that she was believing, and now she has victory. I just, you know, we're family. That's one thing that we forget. We have a covenant in blood because we're the same blood. We're all family. There's no one here based on your gender, your age, your race, your nation of origin. It doesn't matter. Children of God have one Father. And we're family, so we're, we, we rejoice with that. And if you're struggling with something, we're going to suffer with you, but we're going to pray with you. So we want to pray today. Now, we've got a couple of chairs over here. We can always make up some more chairs over here, uh, and we can get that going. But before we... I would like to pray right now over everyone. Jesus, we just give you the glory this morning. You're amazing. We are awestruck as we see you as the lion and the lamb, full of passionate love and mercy. We thank you for the victory over evil that you have purposed for us to share. We ask that we take this gift into the reality of our hearts, the love, the compassion, and power into our lives,
so that we can allow the beauty of Christ to fill our homes, our communities, and our cities. Thank you, Jesus, in your name, above every other name, we pray. Amen. As the worship team comes up to do their last song, I want us to kind of really get our own mental picture of Jesus. Apply that mental picture of Jesus to whatever's going on in your life. Whether it be financial, whether it be personal, whether it be relational, or whether you're really struggling with something that won't go away. It seems like it keeps popping up. Whatever it is. And you know it's not good for you. You know it's destructive. And you've maybe made compromises. And we're going to say today, we're going to get victory together. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.